You want to eat tacos? You can totally track your calories, lose weight, and eat tacos as long as you actually do it. And that's the really big thing. And I think it's one of those things that a lot of people I don't know about, or maybe they think it's like a dirty thing and that it creates a lot of... Today we're joined with a very special guest. He grew up in Vaughn, wanted to be a teacher when he was younger, loves going to the gym and riding motorcycles. Please give a warm welcome. I'm going to butcher your last name, Eric Pimentel. Spot on, actually. Not butchered. <laughs> yeah. How are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much for having me today. I really appreciate it. And it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, of course. I'm always happy to have people on chatting about things that they're passionate about. That that really makes me happy because I'm so passionate about podcasting. So any opportunity that I can be like, hey, you're passionate about whatever you're doing for work or something on the side, come on and talk about it. I love it so much. Oh, for sure. And you know, I, I tend to find that when people do talk about something either they're really passionate about or really knowledgeable about or both, you tend to get a lot more out of it. Like you could, it almost bleeds through. Like when someone is passionate about something and they talk about it, you could tell by their tone, by their excitement that they're actually involved in there. <laughs> it's so true. I love it so much. Now, what I normally do is I always talk about how I know my guests, but honestly, I feel like we just kind of found each other on social media, which is a big part of how I honestly end up having a lot of my guests. But yeah, I don't remember if you followed me or if I followed you. But I mean, it was a nice way to connect. I feel like I am making friends in so many places <laughs> because of social media. It's true. And, uh, you know, it, it's something that I've really taken to heart. The purpose of social media isn't to compare ourselves to everyone else around us. It's to be social. So yep. I, re I really jump on that. I'll start conversations with anyone who I kind of happen across. It's like, hey, like that person seems cool or I like that photo or I have a question about whatever it is that they're doing in, in their Instagram story. And it, it, it's great. I have a few friends now throughout the States, some in Vietnam who I never would have met without doing that. <laughs> Wow. I think that's so cool. Yeah, it's really it's an opportunity to network too, especially if your business is online and is driven also by social media. It's a really good opportunity to meet people that are doing the same things or share the same passions. So absolutely, I mean, it, it's one of those things where social media is like a good thing and a bad thing. It kind of, you know, has has a little bit of both. But we'll talk about the good today, of course. Yeah, right. It depends how you use it. I'm a big I'm a big proprietor of that it it does have a little bit of both, but it totally depends if you use it. And, <laughs> kind of why I, if anyone here has followed my social media, if not, you can look after and you'll see what I mean. That's kind of why I try to spread a lot of positivity, a lot of my message and a lot of how people can actually reach some more of their goals through social media, because it can be an amazing tool if we use it as an amazing tool. Yes. And I, and I couldn't agree more. So let's kind of talk about what you do for work. So you are a full-time online fitness coach. So you also have your own business. Tell me all about that. 
Yeah, absolutely. So when I say online fitness coach, when you say online fitness coach, a lot of people probably have absolutely no idea what that means. <laughs> I tend to find a lot of people think that means that I hop on a Zoom call. But yeah. that's so, so far from the truth. So a little bit of background, I'll get into what it actually is. Uh, so I've been fitness coaching for a long time now, almost half a decade. No, a little over half a decade. And uh, I've been fitness coaching for a while, and I absolutely fell in love with it since my first athlete, who was a young man with autism. And it absolutely blew my mind working with him because I got to see how much he was growing and changing and developing through fitness. And it re I related that a lot to myself as well. I was an opioid addict. And fitness is what got me clean. So wow. when I when I saw that, damn, my life changed through fitness. My mental health changed through fitness. His life is changing through fitness. This has a lot of power. So I got into coaching full time, and I fell in love with it. And I used to go to people's houses, and it was great. And then COVID happened, yeah. and. I needed to find a way to adapt. So I went online and I learned something about being online. And it's that I would go to my athletes' houses and I'd train them. And when I say athlete, I'm not talking about people who are like D1 football players. That's what I call all of them because you're engaged in something for yourself. You're an athlete. You're working towards something. That's what an athlete does. Whether it's your first time ever hitting a weight in your life or you're someone who has a history of very high athletic achievement doesn't really matter you're my athlete <laughs> but <love> uh, <laughs> thank you but uh, so anyways um i would go to uh, my athletes houses and i'd work with them and i noticed something i'd give them homework and seldom it got done <laughs> but <laughs> what I, I found when i went online and i started using a lot more software it was way easier to actually get people to stick to their goal and keep showing up because i have a lot more tools so when I say online fitness coach, as I said before, it's not a Zoom call. I use a bunch of software to build people their programs out, get out all their workouts out to them, check in on them every single day, be super on top of their food, because I'm a firm believer, as we're going to talk about later in this, that fitness has four pillars. And showing up and me counting your bicep curls, that's one pillar. But if we only focus on one, then we're only going to get a quarter of the results that we could get pictured on the whole overall picture and made sure that we actually found a solution to help you reach the goals in every area. Yeah. I love that. I love that. That's so good. And how long, sorry, you said you've been doing this for half a decade. So, but the online portion, how long has that been? Uh, I've been online. So probably a little longer than half a decade all in all, probably about three years in person and then about three years now online. So about half and half. Half and half. Okay, so that's a good split. And and do you find that it's been successful now that you've moved into that online world? Way better. I, I'm going to be completely transparent. I'd say probably about a 90% success rate in terms of my athletes now compared to when I was in person. Yeah, like they do great for 10 sessions, but then they're kind of on their own, yeah. right? And it's, it's more so about hoping, damn, I really hope they got the skills over those 10 sessions. But because now it's so much more about the skills and the coaching. They walk away and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm confident that they can keep going. Oh, that's so good. And, and I find that online uh, fitness coaching has really taken a huge skyrocket. And maybe it is because of COVID. I never really thought of that, though. But that's a, a, a makes the most sense as to why it has. But that's really good. And I love that you're doing that. And it has been so successful. So Thank I you. wanted to kind of segue into what our topic is all about today, which is the four pillars of fitness, which I feel like you are so well versed in and why I wanted you to come on because I know you are so passionate about fitness. And I'm like, 
there's no other better person that I'd like to kind of give me a rundown about more stuff about fitness. I'm always wanting to learn more. And I find that the best way to learn is not just from one source. Like I can have like 15 different guests on about fitness and I'm going to learn so much from each individual person. So I'm very excited to talk about this topic today. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with that more in terms of you're going to learn something from so many different people because truth be told, a lot of people try to pitch you in a way there's only one right way to hit your goal, whether it's lose weight or, or work on your metabolism or you want to put on some muscle there's a lot more than one way. There's there's so many ways. So I want to stress to anyone listening right off the bat, before we get into this, find a way to make this individualized to you. Because yes, this is what I do. This is what I get my athletes to do. But you're an individual. I tell every single person I work with, you're an individual. So it needs to work for you because if it doesn't work for you, it's not going to work for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so true. It's so true. And that's why I think it's so important when people are trying to find out what they want to do, they have to do the research. I think that's so important. And sometimes people don't do that at all. You're right. And and it's unfortunate too, because I work with a lot of people who have come from backgrounds of trying for lack of a better word, bullshit, for trying bullshit, whether it's, oh, I've gone through water fasting, or I did this smoothie diet, or I went hardcore keto, and caveat, keto is not necessarily a bad thing. Although, when we're making lifestyle changes, they need to be sustainable lifestyle changes. So if you want to go keto for your health, hell yeah, you could totally do it in a healthy way. But if it's, oh, I'm going to do this to lose 20 pounds and then never do it again, it's not going to work. I talk to the person every, literally every single day without exaggeration. Every day I talk to the person who went on keto, lost the 30 pounds, immediately quit keto, cold turkey, gained 20 of it back, and now they're pissed off. Oh no. I've heard that from people actually with keto. Like a lot of people are like, yeah, I just did it for a period and then I stopped. But you're kind of almost just going right back to it and and reversing all the work that you did put in. (laughs) Exactly. The, The best diet is the diet that's sustainable and actually fits your life. Because if pancakes are part of your life, then maybe you shouldn't cut out pancakes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, pancakes should be part of my life. (laughs) I I was talking to to a woman yesterday, one of my new athletes, and uh, she was telling me, she's like, my husband's Mexican, he makes tacos. It's been so hard to avoid eating them. And I said, then don't avoid them, just eat them. You can totally eat them. I'll teach you how. (laughs) And I'm... And for anyone listening, I will absolutely teach you how to eat tacos and lose weight today. That that will be one of the pillars. I yeah, I kind of need that. <laughs> tacos are also my favorite. <laughs> oh, don't worry, we won't cut those out for sure. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll go right into pillar number one. So your environment determines your success. So if you want to kick it off and start telling us all about that. Yes. Okay. So your environment determines your success. This means a lot of things, but in the concept of fitness, there's a few different areas I want to cover. First and foremost is what's actually in your cupboard. Let's be honest. We've all come home from work or we've all had that day where it's the end of the night. It's like 10 o'clock. We're hanging out. We're watching Netflix or something. I want a snack. And you become like a pantry scavenger. It's like, oh, where are the Oreos? Where are the other things that like I'm craving right now, right? And I'm not telling you that you can't have these things because you absolutely can. But it's about setting up an environment to make sure it's easy to make the easiest choices. So for example, maybe that means that you're not getting the 
double fudge stuffed Oreos. Maybe you're getting like the Oreo thin, so you could still have those Oreos and you don't have to feel bad about it and they still hit your goal. Maybe that means that you keep things in a more inconvenient place. I'll give you a personal example. I used to love drinking Coke. I used to drink like a lot, like a can plus a day. I used to drink a lot of it. And I found a really easy way when I got more into fitness to stop drinking it. I stopped having it in the house. I still could have it whenever I wanted to, could drive over to the grocery store, walk down to the convenience store, go get a can whenever I wanted to, but I wouldn't keep it in the house. And when I did have it in the house, I wouldn't keep it in the fridge and I'd keep it in an inconvenient place. So I'd keep it like the back of my closet and it would be warm. So when I have that craving for it, it's like, ah, shit, like who wants a warm Coke? Right. Yep. Yeah. You could put ice in it, but it's not really the same. No, so, it's not. <laughs> right. So when I had that craving, it was so much more difficult to actually have what I was craving. So that way I was less likely to do it mindlessly. When I wanted it, I would go and I would put one in the fridge and I would have it because I'm a firm believer that you can still have anything you want and reach pretty much any fitness goal. But I'm also a firm believer that if we can make controlled decisions rather than emotional decisions, we're going to make a lot more informed choices that align a lot more with our goals. I, I, I just have to ask you, have you ever read Atomic Habits by James Clear? See, I actually haven't, but it's, I've heard it's fantastic. So like just what you said about the fact that like you're putting something and making it inconvenient just made me think of like stuff that he talks about in his book about, yeah, if you want to stop doing something, make it inconvenient for yourself so that you don't want to do it. And I actually love that thought of like, yeah, if you, if you want to have something, okay, have it, but don't have it easily accessible for yourself. I, I love drinking pop too. And I don't buy it. I don't buy it at all because I'm like, if I have it in my fridge, I'm just going to drink it. I'm going to drink it like multiple times in the day, whatever. It's just there. But if I want it now, because it's not in the house, I'm like, oh, like I could go to the convenience store. It's a five minute walk. It's not far, right. but when it's cold outside like this, I'm like, I don't want to go. So it's not worth it. I'm like, I'll just drink my water. I'm good. Like I'll pass. And the thing about it too, is the longer you do it, the easier it becomes to then have that discipline. Because I'll be real with you. I had two cans of Coke in my fridge. They've probably been in there for four months. And I have, I have no desire to touch them anymore because it's no longer an impulsive decision. And I can now make the decision repeatedly. Oh, I, I just don't want it. Right. And again, it's not about depriving yourself. It's about yep. making informed decisions for your goals. Like I have a, I have an athlete. And one of the things that his big challenge was, was he would come home. He worked. So he worked manual labor. He would come home exhausted, cooked yep. dinner, but he wanted to snack. He'd come home hungry. He'd come home tired. So his body wanted something. So we'd snack on cookies. So you know what we did? We got him to make his own cookies. They were half the calories. They had a lot less bullshit in them and a lot less sugar. So we would come home. He would still have a cookie every single day. Sometimes he'd have more than one. Yep. He still lost 16 pounds in two months. He wow. did that because he was able to make small changes to his environment. Another change that I tell people to make all the time, invest in some equipment. And fitness equipment can be really expensive. But it also doesn't have to be. You can get bands on Amazon for $10. And I can promise you, if you've never used them, you can get a kick-ass workout out of them. And I know you can because I've been working out for a really long time. And they can still give me a kick-ass workout. <laughs> so having bands in the house, so that way when you are not feeling like going to the gym, 
you have a really easy way to still make sure that you don't have an excuse. Maybe that means doing something more drastic. You cancel your Netflix subscription or you log out of it every single day. So you don't mindlessly watch TV for two hours. And instead, you focus on the other goals that you want to achieve, whether it's working out or reading or doing something else. It doesn't just have to be applied to fitness. You can tailor any environment to help you reach any goal by simply looking at what things in the environment are holding you back from actually making the progress so you can make better decisions. Like If that means that on your coffee table, there's your the book you're reading and the TV remote, and you almost always choose the TV, take the damn batteries out of the TV remote and just put them in a cupboard. It's still really easy to turn on the TV when you want to, but if you're going for what you're mindlessly going to pick up, the TV remote is now a lot more work than opening that book that you said you wanted to read and starting to read it. Wow. I honestly, I swear it's crazy because listening to you, I'm like, James Clear, is that you? Because so many things he said. And, and it's funny because I guess I never really thought about the fact that like, I did that for myself in terms of equipment. I bought myself a Peloton and like that thing is an expensive bike. It stares at me every single day and makes me feel guilty if I'm not going on it. And it's one of those things that like, I'm, I'm getting more into fitness. So it's becoming part of my regular routine. So I'm not struggling as much to put myself into an environment of working out where I was before. And when I was struggling before it's like, okay, Oh, I don't feel like going down. I'm in a condo. So like we do have a gym, but I'm like, oh, I don't feel like going into the, into the gym. I'm just not in the mood for it today, but having the Peloton right there, I'm like, okay, but what's my excuse? It's right there. I don't have to physically leave my house. I, I don't have to really put on a workout outfit. Not TMI, but I don't have to put on a sports bra. Like, I don't have to do right. shit. All I have to do is show up. I just have to put my ass on that. And if I'm thinking right then and there, oh, you know what? I really want to catch up on a TV show. I can just pop my, it's in front of my TV. So I can pop my TV show on and I can still cycle mindlessly, but watch my show at the same time. So I'm doing two things that I'm like, I need to work out, but I also want to binge watch my show, but I'm not going to binge watch my show and sit my ass on the couch and do nothing. I love that. I so agree with that. And I have a couple of my athletes who literally, that's what we do. It's like, Hey, you know what? You you're getting into working out. It's really hard for you to start working in front of the damn TV. Is it the healthiest thing in the world? Not always. Not always. But does it get you in there and get you doing it? Yeah. And that's always better than not doing it. The workout you do is always better than the workout you skip. So if, if that means you put the bike in front of the damn TV and you go in there and you watch an episode and that's the thing that gets you to go cycle for 25 minutes and do something for yourself, that's amazing. I think that's an absolutely awesome practice. And I, I, I do it with my athletes. I know it works. It does. It really does. And now, now I don't do it as much because especially with the Peloton, it's instructor led. So I'm super focused on what the instructor is telling me to do. But for the first while, like it really helped me be like, okay, don't choose to just sit there and be potato at least be on the bike, moving your legs, doing a little something. <laughs> that's awesome. I love that. And, uh, I think that's something we're going to touch on a lot more in pillar three because pillar three, I, I definitely am going to talk about that a little more. Yes, we should. So I'll, I'll leave pillar one with just two questions. Fire. So if someone wants to start to make their environment better out of all of these suggestions, what is the best thing do you think to start off with? If there's anything in particular. Yeah, it, it's super easy. And this is super individualized. What's your biggest challenge holding you back from a goal 
So is it that you watch TV for hours? Is it that you reach in the, the pantry and you're scavenging around for something sweet to snack on? What is the biggest challenge? Figure out what that thing is. Figure out what you can do about it. If it's the cookies, maybe try making your own cookies. If it's that can of Coke, maybe try putting it in the far spot of your house where you're less likely to just impulsively grab it. If it's the TV, take the damn batteries out of the remote. Or don't have a remote, so you have to get up and actually turn on the TV, so you have to get off the couch to do it. Like Any one of these things, once you figure out what the trigger is, then you could actually find a way around it, so you can create an environment that helps you reach your goal. I love that so much. I feel like I'm going to do that with so many things after this. Yeah, oh, do it. Yes, let me know what you do it with. <laughs> I will. I will. And then the other question I wanted to ask is, when we're setting ourselves up for success... Could this also look like just having a better sleep schedule, waking up earlier, taking more time to prep our food or making just better food choices? Like you said, the cookies, for example, I know you said that one, but do you think that like implementing a sleep schedule, waking up early, like this is kind of determining the success of our environment? So yes. So I do want to touch on that a little bit. I'm going to touch on the food side of things in the next pillar because the next pillar is all about food. But for the, uh, the getting up early, having a routine. I'm a firm believer having a morning routine and a to-do list is humongous. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in pillar four, accountability. But in terms of having a routine, it that's the thing about a routine. It's really challenging to start. And then it becomes super easy to do because you do it every day of day. And yeah, for the first 30, 60, 90 days, it might be a bit of a pain in the ass. But then you start to do it and it's been three years. I've been following the same morning routine for almost three years and it makes it so, so easy. Part of my morning routine is that I check in on my athletes every single day. There is not a single day that that has become a difficult task, even if it's a time consuming one, because I've been doing it for three years. So it's something that I wake up, I know I'm going to do, like, I'm going to go take care of myself, do some, some personal stuff, eat something, focus on me read, and then I'm going to go take care of my athletes because I do it every morning. <laughs> I love that so much. Okay. So let's start talking about pillar number two, which is food matters. Yes. Food matters a lot. So in terms of it, I said earlier that I'm a firm believer that you could eat most things and reach most goals. And that is true, but I think there's levels to it. So I think that there's like level one difficulty and level two difficulty and your results change a little, but I want it to be super clear that you could achieve almost anything with level one difficulty. So I think the first level of difficulty or the first level of focus in terms of being on top of your food on a fitness journey is starting to track your calories. Let's be honest. It's not the sexiest topic in the world, but when we have information we make better decisions. We will always make a better decision when we have actual information to go off. So many people start off by saying, oh, I think I need to cut out bread. Oh, I need to stop eating so much. Oh, I'm not eating enough. But are those things true? Like, are you actually only eating a thousand calories? You might be eating way more than that. Are you actually eating 2000 calories? You might be only eating like 800 and that's why you're stuck is because your body's freaking out because it's starving, right? <laughs> Are you actually getting enough protein? You don't know. You don't have data. Having data makes every choice easier. That's why I think tracking your calories is so big. Like I remember I had an athlete, she was a single mom and an accountant. She lost 30 pounds in three months. She spent an hour a week total on her fitness, an hour a week 
45 minutes of that went to working out. 15 minutes a week went to being on top of a week went to being on top of her food. I guarantee she could have lost almost the whole 30 pounds by just doing the 15 minutes. Being on top of your food is easy. Probably takes you three minutes a day. It's free because you could do it with an app. And it's also something that makes it so much easier to hit your goals. I, I can't even tell you the number of people who start off and, and they'll come to me and they'll either be completely under eating, like ridiculously, like a thousand calories, 1200 calories, which is very unhealthy. It freaks your body out. And that's why most people who start going on a 1200 calorie diet to lose weight end up not losing any weight because their body goes into panic mode. Or how many people think they're in a calorie deficit, but then we start tracking and they realize, oh, I'm actually eating an extra 600 calories a day. That's probably why I'm, why I'm gaining a pound every single week, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I think that it's one of those things, again, super, super, super easy to do. Intimidating to start because it feels like it's a really big, difficult thing. Although it's one of those things that I get everybody to do it because it's easy mathematically scientifically it will always work unless there's a problem and if there is a problem now you know there's a problem yeah <laughs> and it's something that again you can implement with any diet with any lifestyle you eat really specific vegan food you can still track your calories you follow a very specific ethnic diet you can totally track your calories and do that you want to eat tacos you can totally track your calories lose weight and eat tacos as long as you actually do it. And that's the really big thing. And I think it's one of those things that a lot of people I don't know about, or maybe they think it's like a dirty thing and that it creates a lot of, that's what I'm looking for, it creates a lot of eating disorders. But I, I totally disagree with that. I think that it actually helps a lot with any kind of food anxiety. Because a lot of people say things when they want to start losing weight. Maybe you've heard this. I need to stop eating bread. Oh, I, I can't eat that. I can't eat that thing. That creates a lot more food anxiety because, now, oh, I don't know if I can eat that muffin. Oh, I don't think I could eat that slice of bread. Oh, I can't eat that taco or that pizza. How good would it feel to know that you could still eat that slice of pizza, still lose your 20 pounds so you feel super sexy and confident in your genes, and know that you could do all of this in a healthy way with very little time? It almost sounds like magic or bullshit, <laughs> but it's simple science and math that works super well if you use it. So do you find that like this part about food matters and tracking your calories, like um, managing your macros really kind of plays into that as well? Absolutely. It, I, I hands down believe it is one of the biggest pillars of success for my athletes. And because they've learned how to do it. They learn how to do it, build a lifestyle, build something sustainable. And we couple this with everything else with all the other pillars and it works great. Like, let's be real. Okay. So this is as much as it sounds like it's the magic pill. I do want to also add to it that if you do this once and never do it again, then it's obviously not going to work. Right. Yeah. So it needs to be coupled of course, with the other things, but tracking calories makes it so much easier to make accurate, better decisions. And I don't want to suggest in this that the quality of your food doesn't matter because it does. It totally does. Like if you eat like shit, if you eat out every single day, you could still probably lose the weight if you're tracking your calories, but you're going to feel a lot shittier. 
and your body composition is going to be super, super different. And that's kind of where I think the level two comes into it. I tend to find that people who start tracking their calories start to get a lot more food aware because you start realizing what's actually in your food because you have data, right? (laughs) And I know for myself, so I don't eat sugar. I don't eat gluten. I don't eat soy. I don't eat all of these things because of actual intolerances. That's the reason I don't eat them. But I do have problems with all of them, even if I didn't have an intolerance. Sugar is one of the most addicting drugs on the planet, and it's yeah. really fucking bad for your body. Yep. Our wheat over here in North America is really heavily processed. Yep. It's, it's really not great for you. And most soy is industrial soy and industrial soy comes out like black sludge it's actually a waste product (laughs) so these things in our north american lifestyle are really damn bad for you and they're actually what cause most people who are successfully tracking their calories in a deficit with a healthy metabolism and i want to add all those things into it because i want to repeat that because that's important So people who are tracking their calories with a healthy metabolism and in a deficit who aren't able to lose weight usually aren't because one of these other things, sugar, gluten, or soy, is causing an intolerance in their body and it's a big cause of plateaus outside of poor metabolism, which again can be fixed by tracking. Yep. Yeah, but anyways, to to digress a little bit, I think the second layer of being on top of your food is starting to be a little bit more choosy of what you're actually eating. Like, where are your sweets coming from? You can still totally still eat things like chocolate. There's chocolates without sugar. And you can indulge and have a, a fucking coffee crisp every once in a while too. Like <laughs> it's not going to kill you. But yeah. when, when you are more on top of it, you're eating your meat proteins and you're eating your meat fats and you're eating these really good things. It makes it so that when you have that thing, that's a quote unquote bad food, it's a lot less bad on your body. And uh, I think a lot of people also get wrapped up in macros because they think, oh, I need to have fat. Yeah, you do need to have fat, but there's a specific fat that you should have. Like fat's not a bad thing if it's good fats, like olive oil, fish, meat fats, cheeses, dairy, things like that. (laughs) Avocado, great fats, right? Are things like like fried chicken wings the best fats? No, like is it going to kill you? Can you still hit your goal? Can you still eat them? Yeah, absolutely. You definitely could have them. Probably shouldn't have them every single day, but- it doesn't necessarily mean they're bad. And I tend to find that most people, when they start tracking, start to also eventually become more food aware because you already have the data. So it makes it a lot easier to start making those decisions if you choose you want to make them. I I love all of that so much. All right. So my questions that I had to ask about pillar number two. So if someone is new to fitness and isn't sure how to track their calories, do you have any suggestions on the best way to do this? Absolutely. I have a few. I'm going to shamelessly plug myself. Follow my Instagram. I talk about it all the time. I would also say that, and that Instagram is Eric, E-R-I-C underscore P-I-M-E-N-T-E-L. Come follow me, ask me questions. But I'll, I think- I'll make sure I'll make sure to add in for the uh, episode details all about uh, where they can find you as well. Awesome. The other thing I'm going to say is there's a lot of free resources. There's a lot of people like me who talk about it. Downloading an app like MyFitnessPal, that's all one word, MyFitnessPal, 
is an awesome resource. It's a great place. It's what I put all my athletes on. There's a paid version. You don't need the paid version. That's an awesome place where they write blogs and articles about it, but where you could also actually do it. That's an awesome resource. Um, I'd say another really big thing for someone who's starting off getting into food, learning how to read the back of a nutrition label. Huge. So many people don't know how to do it. So many people don't do it in the grocery store. Like I, I'm sure that you've been in the grocery store and you see people and they just put stuff in their cart. Right. And I used to totally do that too, but I track everything. So I look at it right now. You might not need to go as in depth as I do because I'm looking like, Oh shit, can I actually stomach this food? Yeah. <laughs> but, but you might also just be looking at it like, Oh, this has a lot of protein. Oh, that's awesome. Or, Oh, this has a lot of fat. Oh, what kind of fat is it? Oh, it's fat from olive oil and almonds. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm going to add that to my cart. Looking at the nutrition label, reading the ingredients, using free resources, having people who know more about it to ask questions to. I think that those are the best ways to start. I, and maybe this is bad, but I, I look at everything every single time I put it in my cart, but I do not know how to read a nutrition label. I just, I look at it and I'm like, all right, the calories, let's look at the fat content just for whatever the serving size is. So mm -hmm. obviously it's not always for the entire contents of what it is. So I'll look at it and look for whatever the serving size is and see what the breakdown is. What are, what are the sugars? What are the fats? What's the protein? Also look at the sodium too, because if I can try to cut back on any sodium where I can, I always do. And I sometimes kind of decide whether or not this product may be worth it, especially if it's something that like, I know is already not that great. I'm like, Ooh, those granola bars, you know, with the extra 15 chocolate chips in them and some caramel, I'm like, you know, like they're good, but is there a healthier option? I, I will try to see if I can find that because I, I try to, you know, not take away all of those things that I do enjoy. And if there is a little bit of a better option, I do that myself. <laughs> See, I think it sounds like you're pretty on top of it because that's a, that's exactly what, what you need to do when you are considering the labels. It's just like, look, at, look for protein fats. It's worth looking at the macros because yeah. if you're tracking, you need to know that information anyways. The apps automatically in, input it for you, but it's still worth knowing it. Yep. calories is worth knowing especially if you're in a deficit and then comb through the ingredients is there anything in here that i don't want to put in my body right yep. is there anything here that i actually have no idea what it is right if that's the case spend five minutes look it up google it you might look a little crazy but who cares <laughs> you're doing something for your health i've totally done that too i've i've googled stuff where i'm like i don't know what this is <laughs> what is it but i also have a thing with like aspartame where like, I don't know if it's like an intolerance or a true allergy. I've never uh, been told for sure. But anything with aspartame, especially like diet pop, I get so, so sick, even to the point where if I chew gum and like, I didn't realize that 90% of gum has aspartame in it, I get a headache, like instantaneously oh, sure. get a headache. So that's something that when you're saying reading the labels and see if there's something that you don't want to put in your body, or you know that you can't have, that's kind of my in between where I'm like, I, I like, I can have it, but I don't really want to put it in my body. So I'm constantly looking for sometimes those healthier options to make sure that they're not putting in aspartame, but it's something else. I'm fine with like stevia and, uh, and some of the other things, but 
for whatever reason you can't do aspartame that's not not a good thing for me it's ended very badly on nights out with jagger bombs uh, and uh red bull no thank you yeah no no good <laughs> it's good to be t- honest with you it's because it's not very good for you it's, no. most people probably have an intolerance to it. it there's a lot of chemicals in a lot of our foods here that are actually banned in a lot of other countries yeah and it's it's actually why well, I want to kind of go on a bit of a side tangent, but uh, a lot of people, for example, do things that go vegan because they think they're doing something really healthy. And sometimes you can be doing it in a healthy way. Although it's unfortunate because a lot of these foods marketed as really healthy, quote unquote, healthy foods, especially things that say in big letters right across the box that how good it is for you. A lot of these things have a lot of chemicals that are really bad for us that we really shouldn't be eating. So if you are getting into more of the second level of being on top of your food, which is where you're monitoring a little bit more about what kind of things you're putting in your body, rather than just using food as a tool to hit your goals, then that's something I also really encourage people to do is look at the back. Like, and if you're not sure about it and you're not ready to make the decision, take a picture, go home, Google what this stuff is and figure out if it's something that you're comfortable with, right? I can't tell you what, what to eat, what you're comfortable with. You need to make that decision for you. You know what? And I'm going to make a quick plug for an app that I found this year um, called Yuka, Y-U-K-A. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. No, never. Okay. Well, I don't even know if all of my viewers have, but it's actually this really interesting app where... Um, you can scan anything. So this goes, I shouldn't say anything, most things, anything in your cupboard for food wise. I also use it to scan like my hair care products, anything like that. You scan the barcode and it'll tell you like all the things that are in it that are good or bad. Like it'll tell you why those chemicals. So if you don't know what something is, even in your hair products that you're like, I don't know what that is. Is that okay? It'll actually give you a rating out of a hundred and tell you whether it's in the good scale or the bad scale. And it'll tell you why, if it falls in that bad scale, or if it's in like the medium, it'll give you, it's like a green, um, it's like a light system, red, green, and yellow. So it'll explain to you though, why, okay, it's got, if it's not that bad, it's got a couple things in here and that's why it's not bad or it's really bad. And it'll also sometimes give you suggestions on other products. So like I scanned my deodorant and it was really, really bad. And then it gave me a couple of options for like natural free deodorant. Tried that. Uh, and I went back to chemical deodorant because that was not successful, but you can do it with your food too. So if, if you have anything that has a barcode, scan it and it'll actually give you a breakdown of some of those super 15 letter words that were like, I don't know what that is. You can Google it obviously too, but it's a quick kind of resource to tell you, oh, is this really good? Or is this bad? Why? It'll say that like, this is cancer causing, it's carcinogenic. Like it's really, really good. So like, yeah, I would, I'm going to plug it and you should share that with your clients if you can. And and I'm going to put it on our uh, description of this episode too, because Mm -hmm. it's been a good resource for me. I don't do it on everything, but if I'm really curious and I'm like, yeah, I don't know if this is really good for me to be putting on my face, face wash. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to scan that. I'll go into the grocery store and scan. I scan my body wash until I found one that actually was good before I bought one. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. I'm going to start using it. And I like how you just mentioned scanning the body wash, for example. I want to go back to my fitness pal for a second. Something that I tell people all the time, all the time, because you could scan your food on my fitness pal as well. Yep. Go to the grocery store, scan it. 
make the and look at that information. See if you want to buy it. Be like, oh, how does this fit with my goals? And yep. I know we've we've kind of deep ended a little bit over into more of the the health side of this area. But I want it to also be really clear that if these aren't decisions that you're ready to make, or they're not things that you're totally ready to implement, and you're just starting, and this sounds like a lot of intimidating information, <laughs> I want you to remember and go back to the first little part of this conversation about pillar food. You don't need to start there. Yeah. Start with tracking. Start with getting the information. You'll hit your goals, and you'll be a lot more informed. And I think with that, we're ready for pillar three, unless you have any other questions. No, no, you're right. I am ready to go on pillar number three, which is workouts. Woo! <laughs> yes. So I mentioned working out earlier and I told you I would get back to it and talk a little bit about something else. And I want to jump back to that previous conversation. I think a really good practice for working out is the discipline of doing it for five minutes. Now, what I mean by that is I have people tell me all the time. I have like almost 30 clients. I have people tell me all the time, today, I don't feel like working out, Eric. And I, you know what I tell my athletes when they say that to me? I say, I challenge you to do it for at least five minutes. If you do it for at least five minutes, I am definitely way happier than if you didn't do it at all. Because if you did it for five minutes, you did a few things. Because you might be thinking, five minutes, like what's a five-minute workout going to do? Right? It's probably not going to do anything, to be completely transparent with you, except it's going to help you stay disciplined, yep. stay in routine, and when you do it for five minutes, there's a really good chance that you're going to say, fuck it. I'm already doing it. I might as well just do the whole thing because I've started it. I uh, I know I know that I had uh, one of my athletes, Julia, shout out to me, brand new to fitness, brand new to working out. We're three weeks in. I said to me, Eric, I'm so disappointed in myself. And I said, why? Like, what's the reason that you're disappointed? Today, I only did half my workout because I was really tired. You know what I said to her? I said to her, a month ago, did you even go to do a workout like did you she because she has a bunch of equipment in her house did you even use that equipment did you even know how to use that equipment a month ago i knew the answer was no right she didn't know how to use that equipment she didn't even use it ever before that now you're disappointed that you only did half it's amazing how much that actually changed how much your perspective has changed in three weeks because you've been on top of it, you've been disciplined, and you've been accountable. And it's really amazing how much that changed. So doing it for five minutes, I think, is a really, really great practice. And I said earlier, I said earlier, the only bad workout is the workout that you didn't do. Right. Firm believer in it. Whether you're working out at home, whether you're working out at the gym, I think that you could still reach most goals doing even a home workout even a body weight workout to be honest with you i know i've had i've had some of my athletes who worked out like that person who lost 30 pounds in three months 15 minutes three times a week her workouts weren't overly hard they were only 15 minutes wasn't a lot of equipment that she had access to a couple of dumbbells still was able to make amazing results i know for myself over the uh, over covid i worked out with dumb, adjustable dumbbells that went up to 50 pounds and a bench and that's it. And that's all I used. And I was able to keep my physique throughout the entire time. I think that it's so absolutely important to make sure that you're staying on top of these things. And I want to kind of actually go back a little bit to the food conversation. And also in this one, I, uh, I, used, I used to live in Wasega Beach. I, I've moved around quite a bit. And there was a stint where every six months I was moving. So I wasn't really like always fully ready to go. Like I moved to this new place, didn't have my gym membership or anything set up yet. So for the first little bit, first week or so, I was just doing home workouts, staying on top of my food. And eventually ended up going to get that gym membership. And in terms of working out about four to five times a week and simply 
being on top of my calories, not eating sugar, not eating gluten, not eating soy. I was in the absolute best physical shape that I've ever been in. And a lot of those workouts were at home. A lot of that food was really easy food and it didn't include tacos. And I was able to have a six pack and be summer lean the whole time. I wasn't really doing anything super, super crazy. So I think that a really good reminder for people in terms of your workouts is do something. It always beats doing nothing. Even if it's at home, even if it's body weight, those are still totally okay. And you don't need to kill yourself in the gym to get there. You don't need to work out for two hours. You don't need to work out with the heaviest damn weights and absolutely throw out your back doing it. I know I was a power lifter and threw out my back more than once doing that. And (laughs) the funny part is that I work out probably less intensely in terms of how much brute force heavy shit I'm lifting than when I was a power lifter. And I'm in way better physical health and have a way better physique because I'm focusing on sustainability. I'm focusing on good food. And I'm also focusing on making sure that I'm doing workouts that aren't injuring me, but are still challenging me. Something I see a lot of people do as a big mistake is they get in the gym and they're like, oh, I think I need to lift all the super heavy stuff for super long periods of time. And they get hurt and they get burnt out and then they miss a month because they're injured. And then they have to restart that cycle. And now they're not consistent. And now it's this really big challenge. But If we instead focus on things that are challenging but doable and consistently work on increasing that challenge at an actual moderate pace. So you don't have to raise your weight 50 pounds every time you go to bench, for example. And if we do this, not only are we going to have much more long-term sustainable success, but over time, you will probably have better results than the person who goes in ego lifts way too heavy for way too long gets hurt stops for a month and restarts the person who shows up consistently whenever they even if they don't want to who does the work even if they're not absolutely killing themselves so let's say they're pushing themselves 70 percent compared to 150 percent i guarantee that person will have better results because they'll stick with it they won't get injured and they'll be able to progressively make more progress and have better actual lifts because they're doing things in the smartest way possible. Do you find that like, it's better for people? This is an off the cuff, not thing that I thought about asking, but do you think that it's better if people stay, um, instead of like increasing their weight, increasing the reps when they're doing any workout because like for me that was something that like I never understood and I always thought I had to keep pushing myself and like oh yeah I gotta go up to you know 20 more pounds and do one rep whereas like that one rep I'm not doing it great it's it's half-assed because it's so heavy whereas like now I'm starting to learn that like maybe I stay at that weight that feels challenging and to make it more challenging, I'm just doing more reps instead. Do you, do you more, think that's something that works? Yeah, more reps can totally work really well for sure. And it kind of depends on how we're training, right? If we're cha- training for brute strength and you're going into more power, like when I was a power lifter, yeah, your one rep max stuff is really important. Most people aren't doing that, especially considering the people who I usually work with. Almost all of my athletes are women who want to lose some weight. That's yeah. al- almost all of my athletes. Women who want to lose like 20 pounds and feel more confident when they look in the mirror. And you know what? That doesn't really align with what their goals are. The risk to reward ratio on doing that crazy stuff isn't really high. You're you're way more likely to get injured. 
And it's not aligning with what you actually want to do. So more reps, I think, is a great proponent. Another thing that a lot of people mess up with is I think a lot of people feel that the best way to lose that weight is to start doing tons of cardio. But that's not the best way. The best way to actually lose weight is resistance training for a few reasons. Not only are you actually changing your composition, because most people tell me, I want to get toned. I want to get toned. Yep. I want to lose the 20 pounds and be toned. What does that mean? It means you want to be lean. If you want to be lean, you need some muscle mass, lean muscle mass. Working out, resistance style training, which means weightlifting, that's what's going to get you nice, toned, and lean. And a lot of people don't want to get into working out and lifting weights because the thing I hear a lot is, I'm scared I'm going to get man eyes. I'm scared I'm going to look mannish. And it's so far from the truth of anything, it's actually going to complement your feminine physique so much more because it's going to get you that lean hourglass style physique that most women are after. And the other thing is that when we look at the body, in, internally in our body, muscle burns more calories at rest than fat mass does, which means that as we build more muscle through resistance training, we're going to be able to actually lose more weight and burn more calories on autopilot, which makes it easier and more sustainable to continue making progress and getting that lean, strong body you're after. Because as you do it more, your body will help you more to actually achieve that goal. Wow. That's crazy. See, and I didn't know that. I didn't know. I just learned so much in that little bit. And you stole my question because I was going to ask you, should people start on cardio? And you said <laughs> strength training. So that's good. Um, strength training for sure. And the other thing, sorry to cut you off. No, no, the other okay. thing is that a lot of women, especially over the age of 30, degenerate muscle mass, lean muscle mass, extremely quickly. And the absolute best way to prevent that from happening is starting to build really good habits when you're in your 20s, going into your 30s with a lot more lean muscle. And that way, it's going to be so much easier to make sure that you're not actually losing that muscle mass. And it's going to make it way easier to maintain it and maintain your physique. I wish somebody told me that while I was still in my 20s. <laughs> It's not too late. Don't worry. You still got it. Um, now I'm ready for pillar number four. Are you ready? Yes. Let's jump into it. Our last pillar and really my favorite pillar that I am trying to do myself every day. And that's consistency. Consistency and accountability is absolutely everything. Because if you were to go today, you're super motivated. You listen to all this advice. Oh, I'm going to implement all of it. And you do it today. That's great. But if you never do it again, then it doesn't matter. The most important thing is making sure that, again, we're building something that A, is sustainable, and yep. B, that we can stay accountable to and disciplined to. And this is also, it's, I think it's the easiest thing and the hardest thing. It's really easy to know that you need to show up every single day. It can be really hard to do it because you have other things going on in your life. Oh, you have work. Oh, you have this commitment. Oh, yeah, that commitment. Oh, I got to make the commitment to myself. And I tend to find a lot of people brush off the commitments to themselves because it's, quote unquote, the easiest one to not do. Yep. But it's also the most important. How many of those people, and if, if you're the person listening to this, if this is you, if you're the person who skips on their workouts and doesn't decides not to do it and not put the effort into themselves, 
for what reason are you so willing to do things like go to work every day when you don't want to go to that party every day when or every weekend when you don't want to go to that family event when you don't fucking feel like it <laughs> answer that phone call for your friend who wants to complain about shit in their life when you don't feel like it but you're not willing to spend the 20 minutes taking care of yourself every day so you feel good That's you need to right you that that person you need to really sit down and reorder your priorities and put you on the top of that fucking list because if you don't take care of yourself then it's going to be so much harder to take care of everything around you i was talking to a woman yesterday and i have a few athletes in this position they're young moms and what they do what they tell me i ask could ask everyone What's your reason? Like, what's the reason that we're actually having this conversation right now and that you want to lose this weight or that you want to achieve this goal, whatever the goal is? And something I've been hearing a lot more recently is I want to instill the habits in my kids that I didn't have growing up. And it's beautiful. I, I love that. But again, you can only instill those habits if you prioritize them in your own life. And you can only prioritize them in prioritizing you. Yep. That's so true. And you know what? I actually have a girlfriend who is probably the first person that I think of when you say that she is a mom and fitness is a big part of her life. And it was a big part of her life prior to getting pregnant. She did work out while she was pregnant as well and kept her physique up really well. She shed like her weight, like it was nothing. And now that her son is growing up, like he's only, I think, three and she goes she goes to the gym she's able to bring him where she goes because she does oh my god why am I forgetting what it's called uh (laughs) I forget what it's called but it's It's okay the crazy fitness where they do all of the weird things I don't know I forgot oh my god why it's gonna bother me anyways CrossFit CrossFit, that's exactly what it is thank you she does CrossFit and she's able to bring him and he watches her and I guess he's been watching her so much that now he has like a foam noodle and like foam uh, plates they put on and he he does like little workouts because he's he's watching her and seeing her be like this strong woman and I'm sure he probably thinks it's so cool and he's so young of course he's not doing any actual like weightlifting or anything like that but, but he's already- building the habit exactly already at such a young age he's building that habit and knowing like this is this is the normality like my mom works out like my dad works out like I want to work out and it's just such a beautiful thing and I comment all the time on it and I I just think it's so so cool so having that consistency in your life will kind of bleed into the rest of your life if you're doing it I so agree with that. And I love that. I think that's amazing that you set such a good example. And I think that another thing that a lot of people mistake accountability and consistency for is motivation. It's not motivation. It's not motivation at all. And I'm I'm very transparent about it on my personal social media. It's totally days I don't want to work out. The hell? Not everyone, not every day do I want to go and lift heavy things and get sweaty and, and be tired and be out of breath. That doesn't always sound exciting. Sometimes it really is, but it doesn't always sound it. But it's not about doing it when you're motivated. It's about doing it because you're disciplined. It's about doing it because you made a commitment. And when you do it when you're disciplined and you do it because you've made a commitment, you will start to become motivated again because you've realized that you've honored your commitment and that you've shown the fuck up when you said you were going to show the fuck up. And it's one of those things that I think is so important. Like, let's let's be real. If we only did the things that we wanted to do, 
what the fuck would we get done? Nothing. You get nothing done. You'd sit on the fucking couch. You'd go to the beach all day, which sounds really nice. <laughs> but <laughs> but you'd sit on the fucking couch. You'd eat garbage junk food because most people don't want to cook. Who yep. wants to cook dinner when they get home from work? Not many people. Yeah, but I sure don't. <laughs> right. But we still do it because we feel that we have to, or we know that it's good for us. So how is taking care of yourself any different? And I think, again, that's where it really comes down to making sure we also have a schedule and a routine that makes sense. If you don't have two hours to go to the gym, that really is a bad plan. Don't make it two hours because you're not going to do it. It doesn't fit your life. That's why I say for most people, easiest, lowest barrier entry way to start your fitness journey, lose your next 20 pounds, track your food, work out three to four times a week, 20 to 30 minutes. It's not a lot of time throughout the entire week. It's under three hours for the entire week. Most people can find three hours in a week, I'm sure of that. And, and the other thing with that is that when we have something that fits for us, works for our lifestyle, we can be sustainable with, it makes it easier to be accountable. It means that we don't have to stop and start again, which is the hardest part because we never had to stop because it made sense for our life. And it makes it really easy to make a routine. And I think that another another really big tip and something that I tell a lot of my athletes about actually being accountable is I think there's three main ways, four main ways to be accountable. Have someone to be accountable to, like a coach, yep. a friend. I think having a coach, not a friend, is way better, though, for an accountability partner because your friend will let you off the hook. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a friend will be like, oh, you didn't do your workout? That's fine. Okay. Your coach, right? Your coach will be like, Oh, oh, I saw you didn't do your workout yesterday. Oh, I moved it to today for you. Don't worry. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> I, I do it all the time. Yeah, I did it this morning. I saw someone, I had one of my athletes didn't get her workout done. I'm like, hey, I saw you didn't get your workout done yesterday. I hope everything's okay. I moved it to today for you. Just, yeah, no, totally okay. Uh, yesterday, I was just really burnt out, but I'll definitely make sure I do it today. The friend says, oh, you didn't do your workout. I said, oh, that's fine. You probably, you've been so good. You didn't need to do that yep. one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so have, having a coach is someone that is something I think is really important for accountability. Having a to-do list that you need to check off is really good for accountability or doing something like putting it on your fridge. There's something I told one of my athletes because accountability with this food was his biggest challenge. So what I told, and this again, comes back to how we all kind of need personal solutions. It needs to work for you to work for you. I told him to print out a calendar every single day that you track your food. I want you to put a check mark on that calendar to show yourself you did it. See your fridge every single day. So you're going to see this calendar every day. And he started doing it. And he noticed he's like, the last two days I hadn't tracked my food. I felt like shit because I'm looking at this piece of paper that's telling me that I'm not doing the thing I said was important. So guess what? He now tracks his food every single day because his prompt, his accountability tool of seeing a well, A, one of them being me, but the other one being, hey, I'm looking at this piece of paper every day that's saying that I'm not honoring my commitment. It makes it way easier to honor your commitment because you're reminded of it. Yeah, I really, I really like that. See, for me personally, what I do to make sure that I work out, because I try to work out in the morning and do my cardio in the morning, because by the time I'm done work, I, oh, I always end up, my, my worst habit is I always end up staying at work later than I tell my fiance. Um, so <laughs> by the time I get home, I, I don't always have the motivation. Sometimes I do. I feel like in the winter, I have less motivation in the summer. I have more, but I have less motivation to do my workout. So if I do it in the morning, I know I'll get it done, but to keep myself 
accountable to keep myself a little bit more focused and consistent. I actually always plan out my clothes that I'm going to work out in the night before and I put them out. So the second I wake up, I'm like, that shit's there. I have no excuse. I have no excuses. Oh, I'm too tired. I don't know what I'm going to grab to wear. No, I put out my workout clothes. I put out the clothes that I'm going to wear for work as well. I, I actually prep out my vitamins the night before too, and put all my vitamins into my little container that I take to work with me. I do things that I know are going to remove barriers to make myself have less excuses as to why I shouldn't do something. And that's something that I just started over the last, like maybe two or three months. Now I'm doing all of these things at once. I've always kind of put out my clothes for the night before the clothes for work the night before, just so I don't have to think about it so much. I'm mindlessly so tired in the morning sometimes. And then I started doing my workout clothes. And then I started doing my vitamins and doing all these things that I'm like, I just want to set myself up for success the night before when I know I have the time and I have the thought process so that in the morning I can't be like, oh, I forgot to do that. Oh, I'm just going to not do it now or I'll do it later because otherwise I'll just put it off. Like we do, we, we do that all the time. That's an awesome practice. I love the putting the clothes out the night before for your workouts. I think that's really intelligent. I love that you bring your vitamins with you because then they're on you, right? It's not the, oh, I forgot to take them, right? Whether it's mindlessly forgetting not to take them because we just forget because we have a million thoughts going through our brain or whether it's not feeling like it and not doing it. That's neither is in the cards anymore because they're on you. They're literally in your pocket (laughs) or in your purse. Yeah, they're always with me. I have this like cute little container I got from like Popeye supplements, put it right into my lunch bag. I have my lunch prepped for the night before the night before as well. So just grab my lunch. I'm doing the most the night before so that when I wake up, I can be a zombie. I can jump on my Peloton as a zombie, but then at the end of it, feel refreshed, ready to go. But I don't have to spend the time to do everything else. I've kind of eliminated those things. It's it's my go-to. It's the only way I survive in the mornings. I also started doing, I'm not, I'm not drinking any coffee anymore, but I was for a while. And I would like preset the coffee maker, put the coffee beans, do all of that, and then set it up for the time that I know I have to get up in the morning so that I actually wake up to the smell of the coffee, not just my alarm, to get my ass out of bed. <laughs> That sounds really nice, actually. And it's, I, you, I want to go back to something you said, because I think it was really wild. Things like packing a lunch the night before. I think that's a prime example of environment determining your success. Yep. A lot of people go to work, they haven't packed a lunch, they go out to eat every single day, and they eat this super high calorie meal. And now it's way harder to be in your calorie deficit, which means that now you're not losing weight, Right. And I think that doing something, again, even as small as packing a lunch, how long does that really take? Five minutes? Yeah, it doesn't really take long, especially if I like meal prep stuff like a couple days before, then it's already done. And I really don't even have to do it the night before. But if I'm doing it the night before I'm meal prepping, sometimes it'll take me a little bit longer, but then I'll have like for a couple of days. It won't just be for one day. And, and, And it really just puts less stress on me and makes me know that, for me, I I am really bad at even sitting down and stepping away from the computer for my lunch at work. So if I don't pack a lunch, 
I don't even know if I'm going to eat. I don't even know if I'm going to eat because I'm, I don't have time to, to go out and try to find somewhere to eat. So if I pack a lunch, I know I'm going to eat. I know I'm going to get good food in me and I'm just better set up for the day. And I know that I'm going to be happier because I'm a really, really unhappy person when I'm hungry, like most people, but I get real mean. (laughs) So like, I don't want anybody to have to deal with the fact that I just was, you know, unprepared unprepared yes exactly I, see, I, I don't i don't i don't think it's laziness i think that's an unprepared thing i think it's more of a an unprepared and, and packing lunch don't have to be hard like i work from home so i don't personally do it but it doesn't have to be hard put a can of tuna put a yeah. can of tuna in there or go and like when you make dinner make a little bit extra, extra. dinner and yeah. bring it the next day it doesn't have to be hard no. it just has to be something that you a little bit of preparedness goes a long way in not only your fitness journey, but really any journey. It does. It does. Okay. To finish us off, do you have any tips you can share to help that use you use to help yourself stay motivated, but any other tips that you want to share for others to stay motivated? Gotcha. Okay. So I want to kind of caveat that for a second. Do something I said earlier. I think that motivation is a little bit of a dirty word. (laughs) And, I say that because, again, I think a lot of people feel that, and it seems like a lot of people feel that all people who go to the gym or people who do anything, anything great, any goal that they're achieving, whenever someone sees something, someone achieving a goal they want to achieve, a lot of people seem to think, oh, that person is always motivated. And they're definitely not. They're absolutely not. They're simply dedicated. But in terms of motivation, I do have a few tips to help you make the first initial steps because usually to make the first step or two having a little motivation helps yeah first and foremost ready is a decision being ready starting is not a motivation thing it's deciding you're ready it's deciding you're going to start it's deciding you're going to do it (laughs) um i think another thing in terms of motivation is look into what the reason that you're even doing this is and make that your motivation oh you want to look in the mirror and on a bikini and feel sexy and confident and not feel like you have to hide behind your clothing anymore that's a fucking awesome reason to be motivated to go do it yep. oh you you want to teach your your kid really good life skills so they don't have to struggle with their weight or confidence ever the way that you have that's an awesome reason sounds like a great motivator to me right yep. you want a personal one you want to not be an opioid addict anymore and you want to stop fucking hating being alive do something about it. Make a change, right? That was a great motivator for me. Having a strong reason that you could lean into is not only going to make you more motivated, but it's also going to make you more dedicated and it helps become a bit of an identity, which helps make you do it, right? Personal example. I want to stop being an addict, okay? What a great motivator that is. Awesome, okay. Now it could be something that motivates me. It could be my reason to show up when I don't want to now, my dedication. And it can start to even become a little bit of my identity. Oh, I want to be someone who's overcome that. Okay, now when I'm not motivated and I don't feel like being dedicated, my identity brings me back to dedication. And my dedication brings me back to being motivated, which leads to me going to show up, again, whether I felt like it or not, which makes it way easier for me to actually make progress. Yeah, I like that. I really like that. And, and you're right, motivation is is kind of one of those things that it's not the sole driving factor. So then let me rephrase my, my last question. 
Fire. What is your tip on staying consistent? Like, what is your why other than what you said, overcoming that of being an addict, but what now is your why or what is your way of constantly showing up for yourself? Do you have anything that you personally do? Yes, I do. I do. Um, my mo- my why has changed a lot. A lot of people rely on me for their goals now. I'm the role model. How dare I tell someone to do something that I am not doing? Every one of the things that I've, I've talked about here is something I do every single day. Every single day without fail. How dare I not show up and do the things that I preach about every day? That's my new why that's my reason that's why i show up when i don't want to that's why i'm really open about showing up when i don't want to i have no problem hopping on instagram and being like hey i'm at the gym i fucking don't want to be here but i'm here right now okay so but in terms of it for someone jumping into it how to get dedicated it's it's a really simple cut and dry answer do it make a decision do it doesn't matter how you feel show up anyways said you're going to the gym today are you deathly ill are you genuinely injured or is there an actual reason like a physical reason that you're not able to go today if any of those things is a no then you should still go you owe it to yourself and if you're not going to go to the gym because it's a time constraint thing or something like that five minutes at home you owe it to yourself to give it at least five minutes because you made a commitment and you need to respect yourself enough to honor and respect your own commitments. The same way that you would want someone to respect the things that you ask of them, right? If you ask someone to, I don't know, maybe there's a topic that you're, you're really touchy about, you don't like hearing about, right? Perfect example. Maybe you don't like when people talk bad about other people to you. And you ask your friend, please don't talk bad about other people to me. And they start doing it. You're probably going to tell them, hey, stop doing that. I may, I asked you to do it. I'd like you to honor that, that commitment, please. Yep. Right? How dare we not make honor the commitment that we make to ourselves? Of, hey, I said that this is important, so I'm going to do it. It's so true. I, I feel like we're the, we're the first people to kind of, like, we, we let go of the commitments that we say to ourselves, but we're willing to go through the commitments that we tell others. The, we kind of always put ourselves on the back burner when we should, like you said, right at the beginning, full circle, you said at the beginning, we should be putting ourselves first and making sure that we're following through with the things that we're doing and show up for ourselves every single day. Absolutely. Because we, a lot of people seem to think that it's okay to break your own commitments because you set them. Although I think that that's an idea that really needs to be challenged because there's multiple versions of us. We set those commitments in that high state version of ourselves that wanted to improve. And now we're breaking those commitments in that lower state, lower vibration version of ourselves who is having self-doubt or has self-limiting beliefs or is letting their inner critic do the talking or is operating from a place of laziness. That's a different person that set that commitment. And I think if we start looking at it that way, realizing, hey, this version of me that's decided that I'm not going to do it because I don't feel like it, isn't the the person who made the commitment. I'm going to honor that commitment because that person who decided that it was best for them made it for a reason. 
Yeah. I love that. I love that. Now, just to close it out, I always like to ask my guests, is there anything that I didn't ask you that I, that you wish that I would have asked you? No, I think you've asked some really awesome questions. I do want to leave a closing note though. I want to recap a little bit because we've covered a lot. Yes. And then we'll do our this or that game. Got you. Awesome. This doesn't have to be a hard game. It, It might be challenging, but it doesn't have to be difficult. You only have to do four things. They're all really easy. Set your environment up for success by figuring out what your biggest obstacles are and finding a way around it. Start being on top of your food, even if it means downloading an app and tracking your food for three minutes every day. If you do nothing else, do pillar two and pillar four together. But doing this and this alone makes a huge difference. Working out even for five minutes is always better than working out for zero. So show up and do something physical. You'll never regret taking care of your body. Be consistent. It doesn't matter if you feel like it. Do it anyways. And some days we don't have 100% to give. And that's okay. Give 100% of the 50% you have in you. That's way better than half-assing it. Why not whole-assing it? I like that. Whole asset. I like it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump into our quick little this or that. So Go for it. it's kind of, you know, around fitness and stuff. Thought it would be good. So let's start it off with cardio or strength training first, which you kind of already answered that, but go ahead. <laughs> Absolutely strength training. 100%. Not only does it get you better results, but it's also a lot more fun than running on the treadmill. It's true. Um, upper or lower body strength training. Okay. I personally much prefer upper body strength training. It's a lot. I have a lot more fun with it. I hate lower body. Like I like legs, but I don't want to do abs. I'll do upper body too. I'll do shoulders. I'll do any arms. I'll do buys, tries, like anything back. I don't, I don't want to do abs. I just opt out. (laughs) So I'm jumping in on that. Actually, I'm a firm believer that incorporating a little bit of core for every time you work out is a really good practice because beyond the aesthetic, which by the way, core workouts don't actually get you. If you're going to six pack core workouts, don't do Um, doing that. The way you get that is actually through the food uh, and by having the right body fat composition, but digress core workouts, every workout, even if it's only one or two, it's really good for your actual body health. I might start doing that just because you said it. <laughs> a minute of it. Even doing a minute is better than doing nothing. Remember that, That's, right? Yeah, I will remember that. Something is better than nothing. Um, Always. Water or sports drink? Uh, definitely water. Absolutely. <laughs> um, sports drinks aren't, aren't actually that bad for you for the most part. Some of them are actually pretty clean in terms of what's in them so yep. sodium for example really good electrolyte yeah although you want really good electrolytes go to the gym eat a salted piece of meat like some like a salted chicken thigh and have some water yeah yeah that's smart that's smart i never would have thought of that i would have just thought beef jerky when you say salty food i'm like oh, salty meat beef jerky <laughs> um fitness machines or body weight training hmm I think that's a tougher one. Um, I think that one comes down a lot more to what your goal is. However, personally. Yeah, for you. 
I'd say probably body weight. Body weight could be a lot of fun when you start to really push the limits of it. You can do some really cool stuff. Um, but uh, fitness machines, great introduction. Uh, dumbbells, my preferred. But fitness machines, don't knock them. Definitely worth doing. Oh, yes, for sure. Now, stretching before or after your workout? Both. Both? I like that. Yeah, yep. Stretch before so that way you don't hurt yourself. Stretch after so that way you don't feel like shit. Yeah, I, I stretched today after I worked out. Not before, but after. Um, <laughs> eating before or after your workout? Totally a personal one for people because, I again, I, some people might take what I say as like, oh, that's what I need to do. Um, personal decision. I like to eat before. I find when I go to the gym hungry, my workouts suck because I'm not thinking about working out. I'm thinking about how damn hungry I am. <laughs> um, so I start every day with something high protein. I eat meats for breakfast. I know that sounds a little strange. Um, eating something high protein in the morning sets you up for success for the day. Actually, if you eat meat for breakfast, then you start your day by putting your body into a state of actually building muscle because about 30 grams of meat protein usually has about 2.5 grams of leucine. Leucine is an amino acid that triggers the body to start actually building muscle. It starts muscle synthesis in the body. So starting your day with 30 grams of meat protein puts your body into immediately build the muscle. Then you go to the gym right after that. You're absolutely supercharging your results. See, I'm, I'm the opposite. If I eat before, at least, um, maybe with, yeah, I think it's happened with strength training. If I eat before strength training, but especially cardio, I'll throw up. There's sometimes I'm pushing myself so hard during my cardio that I'm like, just from drinking this water, I'm going to throw up. <laughs> yeah. That's rough. And like, for like I could, I could eat a steak and work out immediately. Right. Uh, but some people that's a big no, no. Right? <laughs> yeah. I am one of those people <laughs> um, working out uh, in the gym or outdoors. Absolutely in the gym. Outdoor workouts are fun. Don't don't give me outdoor workouts are fun. I used to live at Sega Beach. Sometimes I go down to the beach and like do push up circuits and stuff. But there's it, it's a, really rare that you get a, a workout with the same level of access to equipment yeah. outside as you do in the gym, unless you're in like California or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I wish. Um, burpees or squats. I hate burpees, which means I have to choose burpees. <laughs> fair, fair. I like <laughs> um, Pilates or yoga? I've actually never done Pilates. I've, I've heard never, it's great. I've um, never done it either. I like yoga. I think it's really mindful. It's really, like, you get to really kind of sit with yourself for a little bit. I, uh, I used to teach yoga. Um, I, yoga for sure. Protein shake or protein bar? Neither. Neither? I think the best source of protein that you could ever eat is natural protein from meat and fish proteins specifically meat protein because there's some funky shit going on with some of our fish we won't get into that that's a deep conversation um (laughs) but uh meat proteins all the way i eat like 200 grams of protein a day almost all of it comes from meat beans natural sources you're gonna get your protein you might as well get the cleanest sources that you can have which are usually meats and then on the secondary note, beans, seeds, nuts, stuff like that. And dairy. Oh, and dairy. Yes. Um, jumping rope or jumping jacks? See, I'm really bad at jumping rope, but I find that it's a lot cooler. Yeah, it, you can right? do some cool stuff. Some really cool stuff. I can't jump rope for shit. 
There was this guy in my old gym who was like a damn Jedi with his jump ropes. He'd do some crazy shit. It looks so cool. Jumping rope, but I'm not very good at it. <laughs> um, leg day or arm day? Again, I like working out my upper body more, but a good leg day is rewarding. So it's fun. It, it is. It's and I think the other thing is that it's really important. Um, it kind of depends on who you're talking to in terms of like. I feel about like that. I know a lot of dudes who skip like that. You so what? You notice right? them in the gym. You see them. I hate to say that, but you you, you can point out the guys that are missing leg day over and over again. You totally can't. And I know a lot of women. Again, most of my clients are women. I know a lot of women who overtrain. Yeah, do way too much leg. I prefer upper body personally. I have more fun on those days, but but a good leg day is always really important. I want that to be super clear. And then the last one to finish her off, planks or crunches? Planks are so damn good for your body. So good. For, definitely planks. Planks are so good for your body. And on top of that, you can do some really cool variations of planks where you do like, like one-handed plank reach outs or like, like a jump plank. Planks can be really, really damn hard. I'm going to go with a plank. I like the plank. I don't know if it's like a plank push-up where you start yeah. with your hands and then you go down to your forearms and they go up. Those ones kick my ass every single time. <laughs> those are good. There's something that uh, if, if you like those, I would look into something called a sphinx push-up. Sphinx? Yeah, kind of like in, like sphinx like Egypt. Um, yeah. It's basically a push-up where you start in a plank, but like you have a plank with your, your palms on the ground and your arms on the ground up towards your elbow. Yep. And so instead of having your arms inside, they're right in front of you, like dead center, and you push up through your hands and your triceps. It's really challenging. It's really good for your core. And again, it's one of those progressions that's really fun if you are into body weight workouts. I have to try that. Well, I just want to say thank you so much, Eric, for coming on. This has been so fun. I feel like I've learned so much and I know that my viewers will learn so much when they hear this episode. I'm super happy to hear that. I hope that everyone listening to this was able to take away a little bit of value. And please send me a message. I would love to hear what your biggest takeaway was from this. And I'd love to have a conversation about it. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Bye, Vibers. A little progress each day adds up to big results. Beautiful. Beautiful.